0: Welcome to Roman Through Romans. This is a run-of-the-mills podcast with Mike Mills. And we are in Romans chapter 1 in verse 1, 2, 3, and 4. That's the first uh, sentence of the entire book of Romans. So let's kick it off. I'll try to read this without making too many mistakes from the New King James Version. Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the holy scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So that's the first sentence. Uh, the last couple of times we went through the first few words. And so we talked about Paul and we talked about, how he was a bondservant, a servant of choice of Jesus Christ. And called, he says, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. Now, that's kind of an interesting thing. He says called, and the to be there, if you're looking at your Bible, you'll notice it's in italics, which means it's not actually there in the original language. You see that a few times here. Also, he talks about declared to be the son of God um, in, in verse 4. And uh, it'll, it'll say in verse 7, to the those who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. And and the, the uh, translators add that to be in there because they think it adds to uh, the understanding of the Scripture. And oftentimes those italicized words that are showing that they're not there in the original language, but they're added there uh, so that we can have a better understanding of what the Scripture says. A lot of times when you pull them out, it makes more sense. And so he doesn't say called to be an apostle. He says called an apostle, uh, separated to the gospel of God. So Paul's called an apostle. Paul was an apostle. And when we talk about that word apostle, it's a lot of confusion. Uh, And one of the things I'm trying to do with this series is to not just say this is the the angle I take or this is what I think, uh, but to really say, okay, this is what the Bible says. This is, uh, these are some of the different ideas of what... uh, this means or that means uh, when there is debate. And so when we talk about this idea of an apostle, now the word apostle in the Greek is apostolos, which means sent one. And of course, we have Jesus and he has his 12 disciples who are later called the apostles, disciples meaning student or learners, and apostles meaning sent ones. And so uh, when they're sent out, they're called the apostles. Now, there are those that would say that there's the office of apostle, and they would say that that office has been was filled by the eleven uh the eleven disciples or apostles of Jesus plus Paul, an apostle or the apostle Paul, and there are others that would say no no there that's not that's that's not the limits of that office that office is extended beyond that, and that there are modern day apostles and there are people who have that office in the church and there's a lot of debate about that right now. And, and I think the thing to be careful about whatever side you happen to take on that, uh, especially if you take the side that there are modern day apostles, present day apostles in the sense uh, of the uh, the apostles of the, uh, the New Testament, uh, I think the, the thing you have to be careful about whenever anyone, whenever anyone takes on a title within the church, whether that is pastor, prophet, apostle, uh, priest, whatever, whatever title that someone takes, you have to be very careful that along with that title, that they, we don't have this idea of spiritual authority, that I am more spiritual than you are because of my title. And that happens a lot. And there are a lot of churches, actually, there's some denominations that teach that, that there are these levels of authority and you need to submit to the greater those people of greater authority. And a lot of it comes down to these titles and ideas. And, and so again, the question is, do you see that in scripture? Do you see that, you know, that there's this idea throughout the uh, New Testament that, that there are supposed to be more spiritual people and lesser spiritual people, and that the lesser are supposed to be uh, under the thumb of the more spiritual people. Now, we, obviously we see certain titles and, and uh, certain offices mentioned, but we need to be careful that we understand that the role is again, to be a servant not to lord it over the people as the Gentiles do, remember Jesus said that, um, but to be a servant of all and so um, Paul says he's an apostle, which means he is a sent one and I've heard it said that you know there are there were there are three types of apostles: there are the apostles of Christ, then there um, was uh, the apostle um the apostle Paul, and then there are uh, the apostles of the Holy Spirit, the sent ones of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, again, this is one of those interesting things. And again, we need to go back and look at the scripture. And so it's one of those fun things to look up and take a look at is this, this word apostle, look at uh, how it's used, because uh, those those people that, stricts that hold tightly to know that the office of apostle was only the 11 apostles of Christ and Paul, uh, that's it. Uh, Oftentimes they neglect the, the fact that there are other people in the Bible called apostles. Um, some would say that there are different ideas of apostles. There are, again, those, those apostles who were the ones who founded the church, and then there are those lesser apostles who were more like missionaries sent out uh, to share the gospel. So anyway, something to think about, something to consider. But what I wanted to point out today was what it says about uh, Paul. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. And I think this is something that that I think that many Christians don't consider, and that is this idea of your calling. What are you called to do? What are you called to be? And, and some people would say, oh, you're called to be one thing, and that's what you are for your entire life. Uh, if you're called to be a pastor, then you're a pastor your entire life. If you're called to be a teacher, then you're a teacher your entire life. If you're called to be a mother, then you're a mother for your entire life. And um, and, and I think, of course, that that's uh, very narrow, and uh, and sometimes I think our callings our callings uh, change a little bit as we get older. You know, when your kids uh, move out of the house, if you're called to be a parent, well, you're still called to be a parent, but the calling alters and it changes. You know, you don't parent an adult child the same way you did uh, a small child. But what I really wanted to, to ask you today is this: What are you called? to be? What is God calling you to do? What's the calling he's put upon your life? And this is a challenging thing. For a lot of people, this is a really challenging thing. And for some, they're not willing to put in the time they don't want to know. They don't want to pray and say, God, what do you want me to do? Because in their mind, they have this twisted idea that God is going to call them to do something they don't want to do. And years ago, I was at a Uh, a camp with a bunch of middle schoolers. And I asked the kids just a really simple question in in a group of, there were probably 12 of us. And I said, if you could do anything for God, what would it be? If you could do anything for God, what what would it be? And as they went around, it was really amazing because these kids said some really great stuff. And I remember one kid saying that he wanted to go to prisons and talk to inmates. And another girl said she wanted to work with hospice and, uh, minister to those people who were about to die. And in each kid had something different. And at the end, I, I remember just being really struck by how unique each person's idea of what they would like to do for God was. And I asked, I, I, I asked the kids, you know, pointing at this kid that wanted to work with prisoners. I said, how many of you would like to do what he said and work with prisoners? And none of them wanted to. And I said, how many of you want to work in hospice with people who are about to die? And none of them wanted to, except for the kid who said, this is what I want to do. And, and that's the uniqueness of our calling is that God puts these heart, these desires in our heart for, for the things that um, that we want to do for him. And You know, when you delight yourself in the Lord, the Bible says he gives you the desires of your heart. That doesn't mean he gives you everything you want, but the desires of your heart are the things he wants. And so sometimes I think we get this mixed up idea that what God is calling you to do has to be something you don't want to do. Or people think, oh, if, he, if if I say, God, what what do you want me to do? What am I called to do? He's going to send me to Africa to eat bugs. Or I'm going to have to be a preacher, and I don't want to stand in front of people. And And I think so many people are missing out. And maybe you're missing out on what God has called you to do. And the beautiful thing is, when you find out what God has called you to do, you start to realize that everything that you've gone through in your life was preparing you for that calling. And we see that with Paul. Paul, his entire life was training in the, what we would call the Old Testament. And it was preparation for this new job that God was going to call him to do. And so in your life, you look back at those struggles and those difficulties and the pain and the good times in your education. And when you turn and say, God, what would you have me do? Oftentimes you find those things are working together to prepare you and have been working together to prepare you for that calling so that's your question of the day is what are you called to do